Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Check us out at comicweb.com. The Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of the old movie cliffhanger serials. You can find them on our website or just type Comic Web into iTunes and they should pop up. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman! Strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, then steal in his bare hands and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. And now to our story. Arriving at the Bartlett logging camp deep in the North Woods, Clark Kent and young Jimmy Olsen have run into a baffling mystery. They found the camp under the spell of a strange superstition, a superstition of the frozen North, a belief that whoever cuts down a tree whose roots are covered with snow will suffer the vengeance of the White Plague. Thus far, two lumberjacks have been found dead under curious circumstances, and a third, after vanishing into thin air, staggered back to the office of the camp boss only to draw his last breath before he could utter a word. At the moment, a dangerous undercurrent of fear is running through the camp. The loggers go about their work uneasily, waiting and wondering where the white plague will strike next. Fred Harmon, boss of the camp, is beside himself with anxiety, and his daughter Nancy is suffering because of her father's state of mind. Bill Dawson, tough, broad-shouldered boss of the logging crew, is driving his men on despite their unrest. We find Dawson, together with Kent and Jimmy, some miles from the camp, watching a crew of a dozen burly lumberjacks chop their way through a stand of towering oak. The ring of axe blades against live wood is sharp and clear on the frosty air. Gosh, look at those chips fly, Mr. Kent. They certainly can swing those axes. They sure can, Jimmy. How long does it take to chop through one of those oaks, Mr. Dawson? Two good men can fill a three-foot trunk in eight to ten minutes. Look, that big one's beginning to sway. Watch. See? Boy, look at that. That makes 17. Must be pretty near time to knock off for lunch. I'll tell the men. Be back in a minute. All right. Well, Jimmy, what do you think of logging? Oh, it's exciting, all right, but I don't know... You don't know what? I don't know whether I'd be keen on doing it for a living. Oh, it's too cold. <laughs> you wouldn't be cold if you were swinging one of those ten-pound double-edged axes. Look at that short, dark man over there, the one in the green shirt. He's actually perspiring. I know, but doesn't it ever get warm up here? Oh, I imagine it's warm in the summertime. Oh, Mr. Kent, why do they yell timber every time a tree falls? Well, for the same reason they yell four in a golf game before they hit the ball. To warn everyone in the way that a tree is about to topple. Otherwise, some logger who happens to have his back turned might be hurt when the tree crashes down. Oh, did you say hurt? Mm-hmm. Gosh, if one of those trees ever fell on a man, he'd end up in China. Yes, it's a dangerous business, Jimmy. But a very important one. Look at that big oak, the one they just felled. You know how old it is? Mm, about ten years. Oh, <laughs> that tree, Jimmy, must be 300 years old if it's a day. Are you kidding, Mr. Kent? No. Oaks grow very slowly, and that size tree probably was an acorn long before George Washington was born. Gosh, I never knew trees lived that long. Oh, there are some trees, mahogany and teak, that are estimated to be a thousand years old. Oh, 
How is it then that the forests aren't overgrown with trees? Hmm? How is it that before people started to cut them down, the whole world wasn't just a lot of trees? Well, most of the world consisted of trees and bushes before the Ice Age, Jimmy. Oh. Well, what was the Ice Age? Well, that was a time thousands of years ago when great layers of ice slid down from the north and covered many of the forests and killed the trees off. That's the reason we have coal. Oh, what's coal got to do with it? You mean the kind of coal you burn in a stove? Uh-huh. Oh, now, wait a minute, Mr. Kent. Miners dig that out of the ground. Well, that's right, but that same coal the miners dig used to be the trees that were buried under the ice. Huh? Well, you see, Jim, the weight of the ice forced the wood together, and a chemical change came over it because it was buried so deep, and it turned into coal. Honest, Mr. Kent? Uh-huh. As a matter of fact, in Arizona, there's a place called the Petrified Forest. There, the trees either weren't buried deep enough, or there wasn't sufficient pressure, and... Instead of turning into coal, they turn into stone. If we ever have to take a trip out west, we'll stop by and see it. Mm, strange how much you don't know, Mr. Kent. How much I don't know? No, I mean how much everyone doesn't know. Oh. For instance, something like this, how trees turned into coal. I'll bet not one kid back in Metropolis knows that. Oh, I'm sure there are plenty of them who do. Oh, you wait and see. When I get back, I'll ask them. Chances are even their fathers don't know. And take a kid like Skinny Walsh. His pops are motorman on the streetcar line. And I'll wager even he doesn't know. <laughs> we can all learn a lot of things day in and day out, Jimmy. Ours is a wonderful country. If more of us got to know it better, we'd learn to appreciate it. The Grand Canyon, the Rocky Mountains, the Mississippi River. No country in the world has so much to offer. Oh, here comes Mr. Dawson. I hope that basket he's carrying has our lunch in it. I could eat a bear. <laughs> You'd have to catch him first, and that might spoil your appetite. Sorry, I kept you waiting so long, but the men ate themselves today. Had to perk them up a little. How about putting on the feed bag? Oh, that's all I've been waiting to hear. <laughs> well, there's plenty of it. When Nancy Harmon sets up a lunch, nobody goes hungry. She set this one up special. Venison sandwich, son? Oh, what's venison? Deer meat, Jimmy. Oh, well, gee, I don't know. Yeah, I... you said you could eat a bear. It's tender as chicken. Okay, I'll try it. <laughs> Mr. Kent? Thanks. Well, Jimmy... Like it? Mmm. Mmm, it's swell. Mm-hmm. Certainly is. You have fresh meat up here all winter, Mr. Dawson? Mm, we try to. It was to be had. Mm-hmm. Living on salt pork and jerk beef for a spell makes you relish a piece of fresh meat. <laughs> hey, chew it, Jimmy. This isn't a race to see who can get the sandwich down first. Oh, the boy's hungry. This air's what does it. Say, I, uh... I haven't had a chance to ask you, Mr. Dawson, and I hope you don't mind my bringing it up. Well, but, uh, what do you think about this white plague business? I try not to think about it, Kent. Well, I can appreciate that, but there must be some explanation for all that's happened. That French-Canadian, Gaston, where was he for two days and two nights? He certainly couldn't have lived through that blizzard out in the open. It don't seem likely, does it? And yet he was alive when he staggered to the door of the camp office. Didn't speak a word, did he? No. I put him on the couch while Miss Harmon went for some brandy. By the time she got back, he was dead. Too bad he couldn't have told what happened. It is too bad. Because that might have explained everything. Of course, I know you don't believe the white plague superstition. If you did, you wouldn't have let the men cut those trees this morning. That uh, last one, for instance, had snow piled around the trunk three feet high. Another sandwich, son? Well, if there is one. There are plenty of them. Well, thanks, Mr. Dawson. There are only two possible solutions to the mystery, Dawson. Either the deaths were accidental, or... Or what? Or someone's trying to throw a scare into the camp, for one reason or another. Could it be any of your men? 
That don't make sense, Mr. Kent. They earn their living logging. Say, what's that man running toward us for? Something's wrong. Kurt Travers never ran a step in his life unless he was being chased. What is it, Travers? You better come, Mr. Dawson. What happened? You'll see. The men are all gathered around a tree stump. No, Jimmy, you stay here. Oh, gee, uh... I said stay here. Is this a joke, Travers? No, it ain't no joke. All right, stand back. Look, one of your men doubled up on the ground. Sam Green. He's stone dead. It's a white flag, that's what it is. How'd this happen, Travers? I don't know. He was sitting on the stump eating when suddenly he keeled over. It was him and me fell that last tree. Ah, the white flag got him. I'll floor the next man who opens his mouth about the white flag. Sam had a heart attack. He was strong as an ox. Well, then maybe a rattler bit him. Sure, sure, that's what it is. Rattler struck him on the calf, right above the top of his boot. All right, break it up. Ken, give me a hand, will you? Sure. Carry him back to the chuck sled. Yep. Come on. There we are. That's it. Gosh, Mr. Kent, what happened? Get out of the way, Jimmy. Is he sick? There we are. Okay, Kent. Up on the sled. Okay. I'll cover him with this blanket. All right. I think you and the boy had better drive right back to camp. I'll stick around and talk to the man. Sure, all right. Will I be able to find the camp? You can't miss it. It's the logging trail, and the snow's packed hard. Oh. The horse will lead you. He's pulled that chuck sled over the trail a hundred times. I'll hitch him up. What's the matter with the man, Mr. Kent? I, he, uh, he had a heart attack. Gosh. Is he... Is he... Yes. Oh, gosh. All set, Mr. Kent? All right, come on, Jimmy. When you get to camp, Mr. Kent... Drive around back to the office. Yes, I will. All right, Jimmy, up on the seat. All right. Just follow the trail and keep it a walk, or old John will slip. Okay. Get up. Gosh, Mr. Kent, do you think this will make things worse? What do you mean, Jim? Well, about the, the white plague. Oh, I'm surprised at you, Jimmy. Oh, I don't believe all that stuff about the white plague, Mr. Kent. It does seem funny. What seems funny? Well, that fellow was the one in the green shirt, the one who was perspiring. Yes? Remember that last big tree that was cut down just before the men knocked off for lunch? What are you driving at? That fellow in the green shirt was the one who chopped that big tree down. And it was the only tree that had a snowdrift around the bottom of the trunk. Oh, now, don't let your imagination run away with you, Jimmy. Two men were working on that tree, and one of them is still perfectly all right. Well, you can't tell. Now, what sort of sense does that make? You can't tell. I mean, something might happen to him yet. You certainly are cheerful about it. This is going to be terrible for poor Mr. Harmon and Nancy. Gosh, I hate to think of it. Well, then don't. How can I help it? Last night, that French-Canadian came stumbling in. I know all about it, Jimmy. Is there anything else you can discuss? The weather or the price of beans? All right. Now, you don't have to sulk. The only reason I don't want you to talk about it is that I think we're going to solve the mystery. You mean the mystery of the white plague? That's right. Do you know what it is? Now, take it easy. No, I don't know what it is, but... What, what was that? Drop down, Jimmy. Drop down. Someone's shooting at us with a rifle. Hold that. Hold down. Oh, oh. Where's it coming from, Mr. Kent? From those woods over there to the right. Keep low and behind me. I heard that bullet whiz by. I can't see anyone. The horse is getting nervous. we better make a run for it. Stay down, Jim. Be careful, Mr. Kent. Get up. Come on, get up. Get up, Breaking into a gallop, the frightened horse drags the careening sled over the hard-packed trail. A steel-jacketed bullet sing around Kent's ears. Who is shooting at them? And how is it that Kent, even with his amazing vision, is unable to see the killer? The mystery is deepening, so don't miss a single thrilling episode. Don't forget, tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman! Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman!
Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. <laughs>